0: Head to patreon.com slash Healthy Chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: All I can really say is I don't really think I think about it as much anymore. I don't even know if I really think about what food and freedom looks like and I think that that is freedom.
0: Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a supermom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Kristen here, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and your host of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. And if you haven't already noticed, today is an extra special episode. Today is episode 100. Of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Oh my goodness, it flew by so fast. I can't even believe it. But at the same time, it sort of feels like I've been doing this podcast forever. I've said it before and I'll say it again it's absolutely my favorite thing I have ever done. In my business and I'm so grateful for each and every one of the guests who has been willing to come on and share their wisdom and knowledge with us and their stories and each and every one of you who has listened and I really do feel like this is just such a great opportunity to connect with my listeners on an even deeper level by hearing my voice and being able to share the things that I'm passionate about, and then also bringing on those really incredible experts as well. So after just about a year and a half, I think I got really excited with some bonus episodes. Here we are at episode 100 with many more to go. So of course, to celebrate episode 100, I had to have a really special guest come on with us. And today's guest just so happens to be the guest that was my most popular episode in the first hundred episodes of the podcast episode 14 was with lex daddio of restoring radiance and it has been for good reason that that podcast has been shared thousands of times over lex's story of finding balance from an eating disorder finding freedom with food and ultimately becoming a normal eater becoming a mom and really finding joy in food is it's just such an incredible story she is like the sweetest human being i love connecting with her over on instagram And I was so grateful to have her on in the first place, and I really credit that episode for being one of the ones that has been one of the biggest successes of this podcast and really made this podcast a success. So I'm so grateful for her. And she was so sweet to agree to come on and do a little update episode with us for episode number 100. So she talks or we talk in this episode all about what life looks like now for her. They've had a couple really big changes in their life over the last year, including the birth of her second son, Noah. And she shares her whole birth story with Noah, which was Oh my gosh, it was so incredible. And I won't spoil it for you, but you have to listen. If you were thinking about not listening, I hope not, but you've gotta listen, it's just so good. I think you're gonna really enjoy that part. It's a really fun story, and she also shares what food freedom looks like for her now, how she's finding joy in food now, and then we answered a bunch of questions from listeners. I did a call for questions on Instagram, and she answers questions like how her two pregnancies were different, what she's doing differently with Noah than she did with T, how her postpartum recovery was, we talk about how she deals with groceries and Um, meal planning and um, cooking and all those things with her husband Thomas and so much more. It was such a great conversation. I literally could have talked to her for hours, but I tried to honor her time and it's only about an hour. But I think you're really, really going to enjoy this episode as both an update and a standalone episode. So if you haven't listened to episode 14... I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I highly encourage you to go ahead and listen to that, but you can definitely listen to this one first as well. It was so great to be able to connect with her again. So for those of you who don't already know who Lex is, Lex Daddio is a wife and mama of two little boys and lives in Richmond, Virginia. She's a total foodie and absolutely loves to bake and share her passion for good food. From an eating disorder to intuitive eating to finally finding such a freedom around food, she hopes to share that life after an eating disorder is possible. Having a normal relationship with food is possible. That freedom is possible. She's all about finding the simple joys in the everyday and very into baking all the things. And we talk about all of those things in this episode. And just as a quick note, before we jump into the interview, I want you to wait until the very end because I have an extra special giveaway that I'm going to be doing in honor of episode 100. So don't skip out on the end, listen up, and I can't wait to see your giveaway entries. Okay, without further ado, let's dig into the interview with Lex. Hey Lex, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to have you back on. Our first conversation was so powerful and so much has changed in both of our lives since then, so I can't wait to chat with you again.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be here and I'm excited to chat again. Oh, well, right
0: back at you. So I love to start with an icebreaker and I don't think I was doing icebreakers <laughs> when we chatted because you were, I think you were episode like 12, maybe. Oh my gosh, I should have looked at that before because I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. I'll link your last episode in the show notes. Um, but my favorite little icebreaker to ask is what are you drinking first thing in the morning these days?
1: Oh my gosh, coffee always. <laughs> this, I, I prep my coffee the night before without fail and I just go um, just regular, like this local coffee brand that I love, Blanchard's, and I just do that with regular good old half and half.
0: Mm, so good. Nice and classic. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: my favorite. It's my go-to all, always. First, first uh, cup so always good. has to be that.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> So for listeners who might not know you yet, which I think
1: is next to impossible, but can you just briefly <laughs> introduce yourself again? Sure. Yep. So I'm Lex Daddio I'm from Instagram, Restoring Radiance. I live in Richmond, Virginia with my husband and our two little boys. We've got a two-year-old and a two, almost three-month-old, um, so newly into the two-kid life. Um I started my Instagram. I'll just give like a quick brief background, like about seven, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. Well, at this point, I I probably should look it up. So I know, but um, I've been doing it forever, basically. And it was just like a personal food journal at the time. It wasn't even public, but um, I just like kind of started it as, you know, just, it was kind of like my own little, yeah, my own little personal food journal. And I just kind of um, kept track of food. I always liked cooking and stuff like that, but it was kind of more in a time when I was really into healthy eating and i was actually going through an eating disorder and through years and years and years later finally recovered from my eating disorder went moved into more of like being obsessed with eating healthy to moved into more of um, intuitive eating to moved into more of now which is normal eating to move into more of now that um, I think at this point, I guess I, I, I would just call it normal eating or maybe not even thinking about food all that much. And just, I love to bake <laughs> at this point. I kind of have shifted my whole perspective into loving to bake. And, um, but anyway, my Instagram, I, I hope is to bring like a lot of light and joy into the world of Instagram and just to help people not feel, um, to not feel bad about what they're eating because we're not judged by, you know, we're not you're not a good or bad person on depending on what you eat. And I think often we judge ourselves by that. Um and it can be full of so much shame and guilt. And I just want to bring people back to the table and like back to enjoying their food and having fun with food. I've never had more fun with food in my whole life than I have like in the past few years, even more this past year. So um it's kind of just been just wanting to share that you can be free and you can have a normal relationship with food after an eating disorder.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that so much, and you know how much I love your Instagram. And I really, truly do think that you embody that. You embody that joy that you bring to food, and I love that. You know, you openly share your story. That yeah, I had an eating disorder, but I have overcome that, and this is what my life looks like now. And I love that. And can we talk about the cookie cakes that you've been making? <laughs> Oh my, oh
1: my gosh. I am a, just a baking fanatic right now. I just can't stop baking. <laughs> I love it. Because, like, my husband is like, all right, you got to cut back on the sweets. Like, we can't eat them all. <laughs> I just love baking. I think it's like such therapy to me. And the cookie cake is literally the cookies and the cookie cake are like my two favorite things to make, hands down. They're just so good. You yes. Can't
0: go wrong with you really can't. And so I'm not a baker. I am definitely more of the chef. My husband's the baker. And I keep telling him he has to make your classic chocolate chip cookies, like the ones with a little bit of sea salt yes. on top.
1: Oh yes. You'll have to make them and let me know what you think. I've gotten some good reviews and I must say so myself, they are pretty dang good.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm so excited to try them. <laughs> you
1: have to let me know if you make them. Oh, I will. Them. I will for
0: sure. So, okay. Aside from baking, which is amazing, can you kind of just share an update on what life looks for looks like for
1: you since we talked over a year ago? I know that there's one big addition to your life. Yes. So when, it's funny, I was thinking about it earlier when we talked last time I had lived in, we had lived in an apartment complex or yeah, an apartment building was, I think T was I, my first son, I don't actually know how old he was. I can't even remember, but, um, long story. He's probably about a year, but when we talked, I had lived there. And then since then we bought a house and then renovated it. We moved into with both sets of parents, um, four months in one, four months in the other renovations took eight months. I got pregnant with the second set (laughs) in the set when we lived at the second set and then lived there until January, finally moved into our home in January. So I moved, we moved while I was pregnant, also had a toddler. And then also talk about T's lived in five places since he was in like the last like like, in the two years of life, which is crazy. Um, And then we moved here in January and then I had Noah in April in the middle of the pandemic. And now we're doing pretty good now we got two kids and we're living in our house and it's great still semi in a pandemic but pandemic but other than that (laughs) things are good
0: (laughs) oh I love that but what like a joyful experience to bring into what is a really hard time in our world but being able to finally be in your new house and to have this
1: new baby I'm telling you it's been honestly so nice like I it it's been nice because we just moved here we really we never really felt like we needed to get out because we were really com- like we were still it was also new for us and then we had a newborn talk about a good time to be stuck at home because mm-hmm. we don't do anything else but have your you know have your newborn so it's it's really been such a blessing in all of it to be honest
0: Yeah. You actually get to enjoy your new home. I think in the busyness of life, sometimes we move into a new place and it's like, okay, now it's life as we know it. So
1: it's so true. Yeah. So soaking it up.
0: Oh, I love that. And your new house is beautiful. Everything that I've seen on Instagram is just so beautiful.
1: Well, thank you. I have to give the credit to my husband because he pretty much did everything.
0: (laughs) Oh, That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I cannot help but ask about your birth story with Noah because I read it. I mean, I heard about it on Instagram and I read it on your blog. Will you share a little bit about how he came into the world? Cause I think yes. it's
1: so cool. It was wild, like absolutely wild, but so cool. Um, Basically, so I went 42 weeks with T. So I was really, I was, it was like 41 weeks and five days or something, something super over. Noah was 40 weeks and six days. I was like pretty convinced. And I had to get induced with tea. I, I was pretty convinced. I just like don't have babies. I was like, I'm just gonna have to be induced again. Like I just carry them forever, and they don't want to come out. I just must be comfy in there. So anyway, so I didn't think, I didn't know when he would come. Anyway, on the day that he, I went into labor. I literally. I guess that I contractions probably started that morning around like seven, but they I had had so many Braxton Hicks before that, and I had had a couple of days like prior to this that to the day of his birth that like I had felt all these weird feelings and whatnot, and I had a doula, so I had been texting her the whole time like through the that week and days and all that stuff, and um so on that day, I mean, I literally was pretty sure I was in false labor till like about 1 PM and Noah was born at 3:04. So if that gives you any oh my gosh. perspective um, I definitely had had contractions that day and things were just kind of moving slow. And thankfully my doula was like, just kind of, I, I had like maybe TMI, but like I had lost my mucus plug and like all this stuff and had the bloody show and blah, blah, blah. And so my doula was like, why don't you just have your mom come get tea so you can like at least relax. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I'll have her come get him. So she did. And, um, I mean, I was folding laundry, Thomas and I watched a movie, we ate some lunch. I mean, I was having contractions, but they just weren't that bad. Like they just weren't bad. And with tea, I was on Pitocin from the beginning of my contractions because Mm of, I was induced. So they were so much more intense. So I never got like this pre, you know, I never got like the early labor um, to experience that. So anyway, so that's why I think I was convinced I wasn't in labor. So then finally, by like one o'clock, I was like, okay, I'm like definitely in the labor and my doula was like, you're, you're probably definitely in labor. Um, but she didn't want to say like, you're in labor because, you know, she's like, I've made that mistake many times. Um, so basically what happened from there was like my contractions started getting stronger and there was a time that they slowed down and I was like, really, I was like, dang it. It was like, I think it was false. But then all of a sudden they just picked up and like, not even, again, not even bad. Like Thomas would just massage my back and- We just were like cleaning the house still, like just packing anyway, because we're like, I didn't know what it was going to look like. So between one and two, they were just kind of way more consistent. Again, still like nothing I couldn't like bend over and like handle and like breathe deeply through. And then by like 2 p.m., I finally called my doula and was just like, she wanted to hear me through a couple of them because she has like a pretty good indicator. She's been, she's been like to over 100. 50 or 200 births I can't even remember and so you know she she can kind of tell where you are in labor depending on how you sound through your contraction um and so she listened to a couple and she was like okay you seem like you're, you're doing all right and she's like do you want me to come now and I was like I feel like I could wait a little longer um so then that's at two o'clock so then she's like all right check in with me in like 30 minutes and then we'll go from there so then at 2 30, we caught her back and I was like, okay, I'm ready for you to come. Cause things had just heated up a little bit from there. I, I mean, they were definitely more intense. Like they hurt at that point, but like, I still like felt like I could get through them. And then she told us to told me to labor on the ball and have Thomas put a heating pad on my back. And she was going to head her away, our way. literally between two 30 and two forty five, They got so intense mm-hmm. so quickly that I, I just like I don't even know how to explain it. Like I remember there was one point where I like ripped the heating pad off my back and I was like, don't let anything touch me. Like get that off of me. And I was like freaking out. I was like, I hate this ball. Get it. Like I can't do this. And that's when the tears started. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need an epidural. I have to go to the hospital. Like I can't do this. And so we called her and she was like, I'm literally, t- I was like, Jenny, we have to leave the hospital. And she was like, I'm two minutes away. Like I'm on, I'm like literally street over. Like, let me just get there and then we'll all go together. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know if I can make it, but I knew I had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, hey, Thomas, we have to go to the like bathroom. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to have a contraction on the toilet. Cause it's the worst feeling ever. Um, and so we went in and like literally had my next contraction. I like fell down on all fours. And I just remember my hair was in front of my face, and I was, like, literally profusely sweating. So I was probably in transition because I was just, like, I was just like pouring sweat. And I just remember, I, like, my doula, I heard her come through the front door, and my head, my head was down She walked through. And I just remember looking up at her, and I just was like, Jenny, I can't do this in, like, a much more intense voice. But um, she was like, you can do it. You can do it. Like, let's go. And she was, I was like, I need to go to the hospital. I can need an epidural. So then she's like, all right, well, let's get your pants on so we can go to the hospital. And I was, the second I stood up, my water just broke. And she said, she knew at that point, like, we're not going anywhere. like, we're stuck. We're, we're about to have this baby here. So she told Thomas to call the midwife when he did like at the hospital, to let him know we're coming soon. And I just remember those next few contractions were some of the most intense, craziest things of my entire life. But like, I literally didn't like people asked me if I was like scared I wasn't going to make it to the hospital or like, what was I thinking? Or what was this to be completely honest? everything was happening so fast and happening. Like I didn't have time to think, to worry, to anything. It was like, my body was just the vessel that this was happening to. And I had no control. It was just Mm -hmm. happening. Um, and it was just absolutely wild. And I just remember on my next contraction, I, my body was pushing and I was, and I know they say not to push until you're fully dilated. And I, I mean, nobody knew how far I was anywhere but I was like, Jenny, that's my doula's name. I was like, Jenny, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, I'm put, my body is pushing and I can't control it. Like I can't stop it. And she was like, don't push. I was like, he's coming out, Jenny. I can like, I know he's coming out. She's like, he's not coming out. And then on my next distraction, she was like, okay, we have a baby head. And she was like, all right, Thomas call like the paramedics so they can be here when we get here or like when he comes. And I was like, like literally there was just no time to freak out everybody. It was just like, it was just happening. It was just happening right then and there. And my bathroom is teeny tiny Thomas couldn't even fit in it. And like I was, he was in the other room went to call the paramedic while well, the midwife is on speaker in the in the room, in the bathroom with me and Jenny to like kind of talk through. And I think I had maybe one more contraction. And he just fell right out. I was like on both knees on the floor like Thomas is in the other room. Next thing he said, he heard a baby cry. He runs back in Noah's in my arms. He, and then it's just like, it was just absolutely wild and crazy and the coolest thing ever. And I don't, I don't even remember what happened. I think Thomas and I just like looked at each other. We didn't even have words and it was just like, it was so cool. And he started crying and then um, the parent, or well then they like pulled me out into the middle of the hallway and laid me on a blanket. And I just, I didn't even let go of Noah until like, Think like way well until we got to the hospital. He just laid on my chest forever. And um, anyway, so they like laid me out in the hallway and I was like on a blanket. I just remember I was like there waiting for my placenta to be birthed and I was just like legs wide open with no on my chest and I did have blankets on me, but of course my legs are still open and it's like facing the kitchen and all team of like eight paramedics come in. It's like all guys, (laughs) but one girl and they're like cheering and they're so excited. They're like, congrats, mom and dad. Like, then like meanwhile, my legs are just wide open, but like, you don't even care at that point. I didn't even have (laughs) time to care. I didn't even care. I was like, whatever. And they're just like all so excited. They were the nicest people ever. Um, They all came in cheers, that cheers whatever. And then eventually got me on the stretcher and brought me, to the hospital. And it was just, I mean, it was just wild. And the crazy part was, is we joked with my doula so many times before being like, okay, because I didn't think she was going to be able to come to the birth because of COVID and everything, but she actually was able to come, although she actually ended up birthing Noah, but um, she was still able to come to the hospital with us. But um, beforehand, I remember so many times we were being like, okay, but Jenny, if you had to end up delivering Noah, could you do it? And she was like, I mean, I could do it. Like it's accidentally happened before, but she was like, but I'm not trying to. And then we were cracking up because it happened and it really happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's Noah. So now every time that we give the boys a bath, we're like, Noah was born right here on the floor. <laughs> and it oh is In a teeny God. tiny bathroom.
0: <laughs> that's so funny but we really oh my broke in the house <laughs> yeah right that is your house now once you've given birth to a baby on the floor oh yeah <laughs> yes yes for sure oh my gosh I'm like grinning over here I love hearing birth stories and that is just it's one of the coolest stories I've heard I love it, it was, so much it was
1: amazing he definitely made his he waited to come but when he came he came fast
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. And like, what a testament to the power of the female body, right? Like we, I mean, certainly things happen during labor and not everything goes as planned, but our bodies are pretty incredible when we let them just do what they're made to do.
1: It's so true. I'm telling you, I had no control over what was happening. It was just happening. I was just the vessel that it was happening to.
0: Yes. I totally, I totally understand that feeling too. Cause my second birth was not as crazy as yours, but my first, I ended up being induced. I had Pitocin. I was on, you know, I had an epidural and all those things. So I didn't experience the, that, those sort of feelings with my first birth with my six year old. And then my two year old, she came very fast too. Not that fast, but I was definitely in early labor for like a full day and I hadn't realized it. And then once I went into labor, it picked up really fast. And I remember having those feelings of needing to push, but them being just completely uncontrolled, like uncontrollable. There was nothing I could do. Exactly. And they were telling me, just wait for the doctor, wait for the doctor. I'm like, what are you talking about Wait for the doctor? <laughs> I can't wait. This isn't something <laughs> like, I'm doing. Right?
1: Oh my gosh. That's funny. Sometimes yeah. it's funny the stuff people say and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I literally can't get like, okay, I can't like with pushing. Jenny's like, don't push. I'm like, no, I can't. I have to push. Like I, I I'm not doing it. It's happening. It's happening. I can't control it. (laughs)
0: yes but it didn't
1: matter it just it's crazy and it all worked out thank goodness
0: yes yeah and he's healthy and so sweet and now you have two
1: (laughs) yes it's been wonderful
0: oh I love it so much oh oh my gosh it feels it doesn't even make sense to ask you the next question I was gonna ask I feel like at this point we (laughs) just keep talking about birth the whole time (laughs) that worked Oh, but I do want to kind of talk a little bit about what we talked about last time, and we were talking about this a little bit before, and we kind of had to cut ourselves off from having a conversation because we're like, okay, let's record and let's actually get this uh, get this podcast going. Because in our last episode, so a full year ago, we talked a lot about your story and how you overcame binge eating and you found freedom with food. So I want you to speak a little bit to what does this food freedom look like for you now? Now that you're in this season of life, now that you're a mom, not just of one, but you're a mom of two, how does it look different from when we last talked to now?
1: I would say now it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I've never truly honestly ever thought I would get to this point where I just like, don't think about food so much. And it's not even that like, I love food. I love to eat. I love to bake. It gives me like, it's, it's so relaxing. It's like therapeutic to me. I remember when I'd first had Noah, I was like baking, Key lime pie, and everyone was like, "You need to rest." I'm like, "No, you don't understand. This is my rest. Like, I, I this is the only thing I'm doing all day long, and all I want to do is make a pie. And like, it's just like it's there for me. To me, I love it. Like, food has just like taken on a completely different perspective. And st- like, I don't think about it anymore at all as good and bad. I don't think like truly. I mean, maybe sometimes I still struggle it, but I I just at this point, I don't I don't think of it like what do I have to eat to do that? Like, what what do I need to do to eat perfectly? Or how do I avoid eating too much or this or that? It's like, I kind of just like eat now and enjoy it. And honestly, it's at the same time, it's like, I, it's not always perfect. Like a ton of times my, you know, my lunch meals are just like leftovers in the fridge that I wanted to finish up so it doesn't go bad. And like, is it perfectly satisfying? No, it's not like the most exciting meal in the world. But I'm finished. like, I just don't, I don't overthink it anymore, if that makes sense. um And it's looked a lot more of like, just like prepping some stuff. And okay, like, that's just what I'm going to have for breakfast. Like I make a ton of oatmeal bakes now because one, I love oatmeal two It's good for milk supply. And three, I just like, I can't stop making them. I just love them. And it makes breakfast so easy for me. I don't even have to think twice. I just like grab my oatmeal, put yogurt and nut butter on top of it and like just call it a day. And I think I've just found such a different joy in food than I had ever found before. And again, I'm, I'm human. I'm not perfect. I do still overeat. Sometimes I do eat, you know, I go past fullness, but I think that is a part of a healthy relationship with food. Um, and, I think it just, like, looks – like, I find so much joy in, like, getting to eat with – well, I will say, like, getting to eat with my toddler when he actually wants to eat with me because, let's say, we're going through quite a picky stage. Um, And that is not fun. That, like, is such a battle with me. But it's, like, I I know I need to nourish my body for Noah, for breastfeeding, for taking care of tea, and it's more about that now than it is about, you know, I enjoy eating well as well, like, however you want to say it. I enjoy eating nutritious food as well because – I know it gives me energy, it makes me feel good and and then I can keep up with my kids. But I also really, really love baking and I love to enjoy like, you know, whether it's buying something out or like I personally like to bake. So I love to like actually create something to make and instead of seeing it as like, Oh, I can't have that because it has sugar, I see it as, like, Oh my gosh, it's like so exciting. Like I like i made that blueberry i like it's like i'm proud of it like you know i ma- i made that pie or whatever even but even if that's not your thing and you and you want to pick it up there's nothing wrong with that either you know what i mean um but yeah so i think food freedom at this point is just I, I all i can really say is i don't really think i think about it as much anymore i don't even know if i really think about what food freedom looks like and i think that that is freedom
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. 100%. It's just joy and living and not worrying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that <laughs> so much. It's so cool to see that evolution of where you've been from struggling for so many years to sharing your journey to finding freedom to living it out 100% to the fullest. And I think we talked last time about that concept of like, normal eating and just kind of being a normal eater. And I think it's even one step ahead when you can just not even think about it at all.
1: Yeah. And I will say, I mean, you know, I still have times of course, where like I, like I said, I eat too much or maybe I do mm-hmm. overthink something and that, and that happens. It's not really that you don't worry about it happening. It's more of like what do you do with that thought? Like how, how do you take that perspective? And I think when I realize, like, Oh, why am I thinking that way? Or, you know, it's like, Oh, that's not a big deal. You know, it's just like, I, it, it's just different now, I guess. And, and of course I am busier with two kids. So I don't really have as much time to like, I used to have way more time to like perfectly think out of my meal, you know, like, and had probably too much time to like obsess over it and whatever. And now it's kind of like, okay, what is available to me? What's going to either make me feel good or, and then whenever, I have other opportunities. It's like, okay, what can I make that I really enjoy that I want to enjoy, like cookies this week. And it's also been really fun because my two-year-old actually really likes baking with me. So it actually makes it a really fun activity as well.
0: Yeah. And what a cool thing to pass down to your kids too, is sharing that joy in eating with them as well. And just having them see that really balanced relationship with food where... It's not even a thing. You just eat this way and you eat those really nutrient dense foods and you also eat a lot of baked goods because yes. they're so good. <laughs>
1: yes. And we love to bake. I love to bake. So, yes. For sure. Oh,
0: I love that so so much. And I think you are just such an inspiration to women just for that. That reason that, you know, you have gotten to that place. And you're you know, you're showing women that it is possible to not just overcome an eating disorder, but to really, truly live this normal life around food, which I think a lot of women, I know for myself, I just didn't think it was possible for me for so long that that would be, yes. so I wouldn't think about it all
1: the time. Same. Me too. And to be completely honest, I mean, I, I had, I went through an eating disorder for a long time and the healing process after was faster, was I thought mentally faster, but looking back was way longer than I thought. Um, there it's still, you know, things creeped in for so long, and again, like I said, sometimes they still do, and that's normal. That's human, that we're human, we're not perfect, we're not supposed to be. But at the same time, it's like it just looks so much different than it used to. And like, but I've been there, like, I have been in the deep, deep ditch where I didn't think I would ever get out of it, and I didn't think I'd ever be able to eat food again. I used to dream, I used to remember I used to dream literally, I used to dream about making a baked good, but I would, you couldn't even catch me use flour or sugar or butter ever I wouldn't touch it I wouldn't come near it I wouldn't eat it (laughs) for sure Um, and so just to see the shift that has I think that's almost why I enjoy it even more because I was so afraid of those ingredients for so long and to be able to like actually make them and actually also eat it rather than just make it for other people has been has also just felt like so much freedom
0: Yes. Yeah, and no guilt with that too, yes. right? I think the yes. guilt just ruins it. When there's no oh, yes. guilt, it is so and much more joyful.
1: Is, is one of the biggest problems of all of it, for sure. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your kind of life update and your birth story and where you are now with food freedom. Um, it's so it's so fun to hear. So hi, I did a um, call for questions over on Instagram because I haven't yet mentioned, but this is episode 100 of the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast, which I just, I can't believe it's been over a year now. It's been a year and a half. We've had a bunch That's of bonus awesome. episodes. Congrats to you. Well, thank you. I can't believe we made it this far. And you know you are my, my top episode, really 100%. Yeah credit to you and your story and how incredible you are and sharing it with your community as well but i think the reason it's been shared so many times is because so many women resonate with your story um so i asked them you know i asked you on and i'm so grateful you said yes you know in honor of episode 100 to kind of share with us again and give us an update but then also maybe answer a couple question and or answer a couple questions from the community as well so i would love to to dig into those
1: yeah let's do it
0: so the first question I got is another one kind of related to pregnancy. And it was how was your second pregnancy different than your first?
1: So my second one, my first, I will say that pregnancy for me both times was pretty good. I don't have any complaints. I will say I didn't love them, but I didn't hate them. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm neutral. I, f- I felt neutral to pregnancy. Um, it was, it was fine. It was fine. I just, I, I don't mind being pregnant. I don't, I don't hate being pregnant. It's fine. Um, But that's my personal perspective and how I felt and everything. Um, For my second one, though, I will say it was way more challenging physically because I just felt so tired. And, like, T was one. He was literally 15 months when I got pregnant, uh, 14 months when I got pregnant. Um, And he was just, like, in, you know, that phase of, like, starting to walk and run and, and, like, being busy. I will say he is, like – it was just, and I was so tired in the first trimester. I just remember so many days. And we were also, we, I had lived, we were living with my mom at this point, And then we had moved to Thomas's parents' family to their house. And then we were also moving and Thomas, we were renovating our house and Thomas was here a lot of the time. And so, um, it was spent a lot of time, just T and I, and that's fine. But I was just so tired. I remember so many days by four o'clock, I would just be horizontal on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, T wreck the like wreck mom's house. Sorry, mom. Like she was out of town for a while. I was like, I, I just like I can't do anything. I, I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to do anything. The first trimester was rough. Um, I didn't get sick, though. I will say, so I have. I am thankful for that. I'd get nauseous in the morning if I didn't eat like within like five seconds of opening my eyeballs. But. Um, <laughs> I, otherwise I felt really fine, but as soon as the second trimester came, I had way more energy, but just the second pregnancy in general, I think it was just more taxing physically just because I'm, you know, with tea, I could sit down when I wanted to, because I worked from home and it was just like, I, it, I could binge watch a show. I could hang out. um, Whereas like, Oh, I'm tired today, but we're like, when I was pregnant with Noah, I had to chase tea around a lot. And so I think it was just more physically exhausting. And then mentally also, just because we were in the middle of a move, like I didn't have any of my things and that's fine. But like, you know, just like, like, I just felt like stuff was everywhere. We had stuff stored at my mom's house. We had stuff stored at like this garage thing. We had stuff stored at Thomas's parents' house. We We had stuff stored everywhere. Some of our stuff at our house. So it was like, There's just so many like decisions to make and stuff. And it was just, it was just tiring that way. I think if all that hadn't been going on in the middle of pregnancy, I think it would have been like once the second trimester hit, I think it would have been like, it was, it really wasn't that it wasn't bad. And I'm not even saying it was bad. I'm just saying like life situations around us felt like a lot. And so it just felt, I think on the second pregnancy felt like a lot, but I felt fine. Otherwise other than I had a ton of back issues with Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, honestly, if it's just because T still wanted to be carried a lot. So I was like holding T a lot and then trying to keep up or like, you know, with Noah. But I started going to the chiropractor and truly that made such a big difference. And I just completely stopped working out also because I had was doing like weights before. And I like the last five months of being pregnant with Noah, I just solely walked and went to the chiropractor. And truly it was like, it was honestly one of, like, the most freeing things, too, because I, there was no, like, pressure anywhere, like, to work out or anything. And not, not that I feel pressure to work out, but it was just – I was almost, like, taking a break from it, and it was just kind of a break I needed more than I thought. Mm, yeah. That, that makes sense
0: no it totally makes sense and i know my second pregnancy too i was so hoping i would be more active than i was with yes. my first and i totally wasn't i wasn't like the first few weeks when i wasn't really having any symptoms and i'm like yeah. i'm going to go on runs and i'm going to do all yeah. these at home workouts and all these things and by the end of it i was doing like maybe one stretching workout during the week and then i would walk too yeah. but walking is so great for our bodies oh too gosh. and i I think that it's, yeah, it's so great to have that freeing feeling where you're like, no, I don't feel any pressure. I'm just listening to my body.
1: Yes. It was, it was amazing. I think that's mostly what it was. I like, I feel like I became more in tune with my body again in a whole new way, but like as far as movement too. And, and I really started craving those walks. I just loved them.
0: Mm, yeah. I still love going on walks. Oh, me so too. Good. <laughs> me
1: too. That's my, my, my absolute favorite form of movement is walking. Mm, yeah.
0: Well, you know, that's a really good segue then too into, so postpartum, how was, the second question I got was, how was your postpartum recovery? And I added with T and with Noah, because was it different with the two? You certainly had different birth experiences. Oh yes.
1: Birth experience was totally different. I will say my postpartum, I am very thankful because I know a lot of people have a very different experience, but both postpartums have been really really great like mm-hmm. i have healed just so quickly on both of them and for that i am so thankful like I, I honestly after i know this isn't this is like totally not always what happens but like i'm telling you like truly like right after having the kids like a few days after like i just like felt fine like I just like I felt normal I don't know how else to explain it other than I just felt like kind of normal I mean yes my body was still going through a ton of things it's still bleeding and like all that stuff but I just really 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 like the newborn stage which I know they don't sleep or like you know they're up a lot at night and like all that stuff thankfully both kids have blessed me with being really good night sleepers from the beginning um that was quite a little dream sleeper so that's probably why I feel um really good this time around. I remember my uh, midwife also tell me, told me that there's a big difference between moms who get like, uh, be able to get like a three, four hour stretch at night. And the moms that only get like a one, two hour stretch of like how you mentally feel um, from the beginning. And Noah is amazing with sleep. So he, I feel very, very good, especially at this point. But uh, my body, I think with postpartum it has blown my mind, like how my body will has so quickly healed and like
0: mm-hmm.
1: just even that it can heal from after like what just happened and um it's really been good both really both times breastfeeding like i breastfeed fed both or i am breastfeeding noah and i breastfed t till he was a year i had i didn't even have that intention um it just kind of got easier finally as as i was going so i kind of just kept going um and with Noah, I actually had like crazy oversupply and I still kind of do. So I'm still figuring that out, but it's given him a good amount of reflux, which has made him gassy. And like that, none of that is fun, but he's been way better now. So that's good. But the first couple weeks were a little hard, but anyway, so overall postpartum has looked, I just like really enjoy those first like sleepy newborn weeks. Like when we're all exhausted, I think that my body's just like on a high still from hormones and everything. but. um it's been really great I mean with tea yes, I feel like I had more time with tea I feel like with Noah's postpartum it's like it's kind of crazy because I feel like sometimes I feel bad like I'm neglecting tea and and like you know I'm like focused on Noah because I have to have, like nurse Noah and stuff like that but um overall it's just been it's been so cool having two kids and like kind of just like seeing that transition and think and thankfully I really have felt so good both times so I'm very very thankful for that and I've just kind of been slowly, like I had slowly started getting back into walking and stuff like that. Once I was like able to and whatnot, but it was almost like I felt too good and like would overdo it. And then every time I did, my body would like start bleeding again. And I was like, Oh shoot. That was like my indicator. I was like, okay, I got to listen to my body. Um, But now I've, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) I guess that's all (laughs) I could go on for a while, but I'm just thankful. I've had a very, I've had a very calm. And I would, I would dare say easy postpartum recovery, which I know is very not much the case all the time.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's so good though. And I think, I think it's good to hear the positive postpartum stories and the positive birth stories and things like that because so That's often- That's probably true
1: because I don't feel like I hear them all the time. So almost right. I'm like, I don't even want to share.
0: <laughs> yeah. People feel guilty about talking about it being easy. And I know that my recovery with Ren, my two-year-old, was way, way easier. You know, I guess if, if you want to use the word easy, yeah, there was definitely still healing yeah. to be done yeah, and things that were happening course. to my body. And I was sore for a couple days, but because, you know, she came up very fast and it seemed like my body was just sort of ready, and I was back into walking a lot quicker than I was with Sage. Yeah. And- you know, our bodies are, even though I was, you know, five years older, you know, our bodies are, they're really resilient. And I think that it's, yeah, it's not are. a bad thing too. We can definitely feel, you know, blessed to have that kind of experience, but it's certainly not a bad thing to have a good experience.
1: Yes, for sure. And I, and I, and I will say, I wonder, I don't know if it has anything to do with this, but like my baby's cooked for a long time. They both mm-hmm. went way over. So like, you know, I don't know, maybe there's something to say of that. Yeah. <laughs> your body was just to, ready Extra like, weeks. So I'm thankful my postpartum was nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess I still technically am postpartum now. Noah, so right. <laughs>
0: hey, I say postpartum is like, like any time after you have a baby, right? Yes. So true. you're always true, true, true. postpartum, yeah. right? <laughs> I guess I
1: always think of the fourth trimester, so I'm thinking like right. The first yes. Months,
0: yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm postpartum forever now.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of that transition from one to two kids, aside from postpartum, that was the other question I got, or another question I got was, what has the transition from one to two kids look like? What has been
1: easy? What has been hard? Yeah. So I I actually ended up talking about this a little bit on a blog post and and on a post the other day. But um, I was saying, I think the transition from one to two, I think it's physically harder and mentally easier. For me, mm. um, physically, because, you know, you're carrying around a newborn while you're trying to chase around your two year old and, or whatever situation it is, it's just more physically draining. T still does like to be held sometimes. And so, and I think more since Noah's been born because, you know, we're always holding Noah. So he's like mommy hold. And so, um, I think just physically it's more exhausting. I, I like had said, I feel like tea is my cardio and Noah's my strength training. Cause like I'm always <laughs> carrying tea and I'm always, cha- or I'm always carrying Noah and I'm always chasing tea. Um. And he's a very busy little kid. So he, he keeps us going. Um, but yeah, so I feel like, but mentally easier because having a newborn on the next time it just didn't be on the second time. Um, and both have been healthy and, and good. So I can't speak to, you know, I know other people that have had situations where they've had a really hard time, um, like sick, you know, or all sorts of situations, but our uh, both boys have been healthy and I'm thankful for that very much. But, um, I feel like mentally it's just been so much easier because having a newborn second time just wasn't as scary. Like I was like, okay, I've done this before. Like I didn't have to sleep with one eye closed open. Um, you know, like I didn't like every sound like I didn't know when I had teeth that like newborns newborns are so noisy. And I like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. And so when I had Noah, I was prepared for that. Like, you know, when they're sleeping, they make a ton of noise. And I'm like, "What? what's that? You know, when I had tea, I was like, what's that noise? Is he okay? Like, is he breathing? But for Noah, I didn't feel as scared of that. Of that. Um, So I think just mentally way easier in that situation. Um, but I think the easy, I would say easy has been just not feeling so overwhelmed by that. I, I don't know if I felt. T- I, now I come from a family that like I have three siblings, and between all of us there's eight kids. We each have two. Um, and then Thomas's side there's like four kids. So or three kids plus ours. So I come and we're all very close. So I come from a t- I've all like always been surrounded by babies and kids and stuff. So it felt more natural to me, um, than maybe to some. Um, but anyway, so easy I would say has been like easy and most enjoyable has been seeing T and Noah like interact. And as Noah's getting a little older and smiley and and happy um, and all that stuff hard, I would say, you know, like T's too, Uh, he does have tantrums here and there Uh, not to call him out, but you know, like dealing with that while like trying to, to handle Noah or, you know, feeling like I'm not getting enough time with the two of them one-on-one. I try to be really diligent about like, even if it's like 10 minutes, just like sitting with T, because like you know I typically get a little more time with Noah because I'm nursing or something like that or T goes to bed and we still have Noah Um, but like with T just like trying to like give him at least 10 minutes of like complete undivided attention um, just the two of us and I just feel like it makes such a difference we've been trying to like do walks just the two of us are going to play outside just the two of us or like this week we have like a play date with my um, siblings and their kids and like it's just me and T going like I'm sure and Thomas is going to keep Noah so it's kind of just um, I think one of the harder thing has been like hard mentally feeling like, Am I giving him enough time like, you know, time, love. Sometimes when he goes down to bed I'm like, Oh, did I give him enough attention today? <laughs> you know, like it just it's like one of those things. But I know like he's also getting older and like is he's he's more okay without so much attention and like no one needs my attention right now. Um, so I think just like that has been like sometimes I'm like, oh like I I feel like I don't know if I gave tea enough today, but then I'm like, all right, but then I get so excited for him to wake up the next morning. So, (laughs) and then I feel like I'm like brand new, but then of course there are days where I'm like so tired by the end of the day and I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody just go to bed. (laughs) So like, I'm not saying it's all butterflies. (laughs)
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I agree too that there's definitely some of that like mommy guilt. But what I found, because my kids are, my kids are four years apart. So there's a little bit of a a age difference that you don't have there. But as my oldest has gotten older, I feel like she understands more. So I can explain to her when I need to take care of her little sister a little bit. Like I'm going to take, and I'll I'll tell her like, okay, we're going to have this time together in a little bit. Right now I have to take care of Ren and Ren is potty training now. So there's that element where I'm like, you know, I'm in the bathroom with her a lot. Yes. And and so I think that it just changes as they get older, but I think you're such a good mom for just, you know, having those thoughts and going, Oh, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm spending enough time with him. And I'm sure, I'm sure he sees that and he appreciates that in his little two-year-old way.
1: Yes, I mean I will say I I think I feel like right now in our situation I feel like we have to like yes T is a toddler but I just feel like we have two babies like mm-hmm. for sure. I was like okay on the next one I think maybe more like now that we have two and they're two and under and like it was like all right maybe god willing on the next one maybe wait more of like 3 years because the thinking of like T will be like around 5 and of course we don't we don't know what will happen. But you know what I mean like he'll be a kid and so we'll be it'll, I feel like right now is the only time we'll really have like we just have babies you know what I mean like mm-hmm. on the next one we'll, we'll at least have one that's like older and like can be more helpful but it really has been so cool he's been like like he go get me the diapers and the wipes and like mm. do that kind of stuff and, and he loves praise so like as long as I'm like praising the heck out of him he usually will be pretty um he'll help me out
0: <laughs> oh it's so cute it's so cute especially for chocolate chip Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to give them some rewards too, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so cool seeing them become those like big siblings. It's yes, so fun. It's been so sweet to watch. Yeah. Well, switching gears a little bit, I want to honor your time. I know I I know I could just keep talking to you all day, but just I have a couple extra questions I want to ask that I know people wanted to hear about. And this one's really interesting, especially we are in a little bit of a different time right now, I think. But the question was, how do you and Thomas balance cooking with the two kids? How do you decide who does the cooking, who does the shopping, et cetera?
1: So with this, as far as shopping, I will say, so when Noah was born in April, so this is like mid, like, like. Serious COVID time. Um, We basically mostly got our groceries delivered at that Mm -hmm. point, just because it was easier. Nobody had to go out. um, It was super convenient. Um, So we did do a lot of that. Now that things, you know, things are a little different. I typically do the shopping because I just like the grocery store. Like I just Mm -hmm. love going. Thomas will go if I need if I need him to if we need to like pick up something. But we try we're trying not to go like super often, just once a week, Um, and we were going like every two weeks or whatever, or like having it delivered every two weeks. But now we're going more like once a week. Um, and I, so I typically go, sometimes I will just strap Noah on and bring him because it's just easier. Um, and I don't I don't really feel worried about him in there. So anyway, all that, that's a whole nother thing. But um, so as far as the cooking, we kind of try to make like a general meal plan for the week, which is very flexible because- my husband is like a pregnant woman and he gets cravings for things but he can cook. So if he gets cravings for something and he really wants to make something, okay, he can make it because he'll cook it, right? But if it was if if he was gonna tell me to cook it, then I'd be like, No, that ain't gonna fly. But because he can cook, it's fine. Um so he will, so I don't really care. Like I'm fine. Like it doesn't really matter. Like I like to pick out certain meals and I like, like certain stuff, but I don't, I don't really have that much of an opinion on it. I just, I just don't care. It's like, it's not that of a deal to me, but so we'll come, we'll come up with a couple ideas, lots of easy things. Um, and just kind of go from there and try to get the groceries for that. But as far as who cooks, um, Thomas is definitely more of the cook in our family. I am the baker hundred percent. I realized I don't even really love to cook, which is funny. Um, I like to, I can make you anything on bread. <laughs> We've mm-hmm. discovered that. I can make you toast. I can make you a sandwich. I can make you a bagel. I can make anything on bread and I can make bread, but, and I can make any kind of baked good. But when it comes to actually like cooking, cooking, I'm like that's not actually my favorite thing, unless it's like the sides. Um, but anyway, so he usually does a lot of the cooking unless it's something super easy Um, and we've grilled a lot because it's just less messy. It's easy, all that stuff. But, but honestly, all that being to say, we've had plenty of nights of takeout, plenty of nights of, um, like fend for everybody, fend for yourself cheese eating a grilled cheese or frozen ravioli. Um, and we've had plenty of nights of like us just like, like we both like to cook and eat and we have had so many nights where we have neither one of us even want and figure out what the heck we're making. So a lot of times we just literally wing it <laughs> with something that we have in the, in the pantry. So that's how we balance it right now.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Same here. <laughs> yes. hundred
1: percent. At least so in real life, I had a peanut food. butter and jelly for dinner the other night.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, well thank you for sharing that because it makes <laughs> us all feel a little bit better when we do the same.
1: <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. No shame in that. I even like, I'm putting on the menu, like like pancakes soon because I just have a mix and that would be so easy.
0: Mm, So easy and definitely very kid-friendly. My kids love pancakes. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's something exciting, like breakfast for dinner. This is different.
1: Heck yes. Yeah. Why not? Like that is fine with me. We've, we've been way more creative with really not caring at all what we make. It's like, okay, let's make eggs tonight. Like who cares? You know, it's like, we used to probably be more specific because we had more time to, But now it's just like, we're hungry. Everybody, let's get fed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Go with the flow. And it's so
0: great, you know, having that food freedom, kind of circling back to that too. It's not like, oh, this meal needs to look a certain way or it needs to be. Yes, for sure. It's like, we're just going to eat what we eat and we eat what we like and and it's all going to work out. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more question just because I think this one's a really interesting one that I'm sure people are going to want to hear. And then we'll do just a couple of quick rapid fires. So is there anything you're doing differently with Noah than you did with tea? Anything you've learned since having tea that you want to
1: implement? Um, I will say on tea, like as far as eating, I, Thomas, um, Thomas's family is Italian and my family is, there's just something about grandmas that they just think that every time your child cries, they're hungry. And so with T, I mean, he would nurse like 14 to 18 times a day when he was little Noah from the beginning, only nursed like 11. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I literally felt like I was like, cow with tea and with no I felt like I had all this time because I wasn't nursing as much um I realized a ton of the times he was just and of course every baby is different but with him he just kind of like leaned onto a schedule much earlier like and I don't even have like I'm not like oh my gosh we got to eat at 7 1 you know he eats out every three hours during the day closer at night and then he eats actually one time at night at this point which is like such a blessing but mm-hmm. um We've kind of, we followed this with T, but we've probably followed a little more with Noah, a little more of like the eat, wake, sleep. So he usually eats, he's up for an hour-ish, and then we try to put him down for a nap. Now, does he always go down for a nap? No. Thomas held him during a whole nap earlier. Like, it's not perfect mm-hmm. for sure. But when we can lay him down, we like, we'll try to lay him in the other room or like start like laying in his bathroom with the sound machine on, like in our bedroom, which is where he sleeps. Um, I didn't do that as much for T, and I never like it took me a long time to realize for T like that I could put him down to sleep and be like, well, I'm not going to put him to bed because he's just going to wake up, you know, in two hours to eat again. But I remember the first night I put T down to bed and like turn the lights on and the sound machine and like left him in the other room. Like he slept for like a five hour stretch. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, I didn't know that would, that could happen. So I was like, Oh, we should start putting him to bed. (laughs) That's great. So we, we kind of have done that with Noah since the beginning but I think as far as like doing anything different I don't I don't even know if there's like I don't know if there's if I have anything that I can even really think of like I I think we've kind of just done very similar um I would say I'm much more I was pretty relaxed with tea as far as like a schedule and all that stuff and I feel the same with Noah but I think with Noah I we will move him to his room earlier we did move T to the room at four months, but that was because we didn't have a choice because we had moved into a two-bedroom apartment and he had lived in our closet, lived, lived sorry, slept in our closet. That was big, It was a big closet, but um, his little bassinet would fit in there. So we, we kept him in there. So then we, moved, we couldn't move him until four months. With Noah, I think we might move him upstairs sooner than later because he sleeps pretty good at night um, just to get him used to his own room and all that stuff. But other than that, I feel like, I don't know, just take it by the day. I don't even, I don't even know what I'll, I I, I honestly don't like read a lot of stuff because I think sometimes like information overload isn't like good for me and it like Mm -hmm. makes me overwhelmed. So I don't read, I don't read a lot about like what other moms do and stuff, especially because of comparison trap and all that jazz. Um, And I could be feeling like, Oh, maybe he's, but every time I'm like, Oh, Thomas, Noah should be doing this. And then this, and then this, he's like, why? I'm like, Oh, I don't know, because I read this thing that says that he should be doing that. And he's like, well, then you're making yourself tired by thinking that he has to do that because he's not doing that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. So every time I just like let go and kind of like let him lead with like a little bit of my own leading in the way or like, you know, a little bit of a schedule too. It's like, I, everything flows a lot better. So I think yes. just like letting go and maybe just like not reading as much of other stuff of course there's like good stuff out there but sometimes it's just like there's just so much information and there's just so much stuff out there that you can have like this idea that like this is exactly what your baby should be doing when and where but we're all different you know what i mean like we're all it's humans different and so like if you and i were supposed to do the exact same thing every day all day long like i don't think that would really work so all babies are different so i think kind of just more going with the flow And, like, realizing that, like, we really do have our own kind of parent intuition in there and just, like, letting know a guide, I think, is maybe what I'll do different overall. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Yes. I am totally with you. I wish I had let my intuition guide more with our oldest. I was definitely a lot more anxious. So I think that's, that's really solid advice and a solid way to, I mean, my one, my, the opinion of one other mom is saying, <laughs> I think that's a good way to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will say, I feel like Thomas is the one who has pushed that more of being mm-hmm. like, why are you trying to do? And it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like he just like kind of, cause he's like, I don't know. He just kind of pushes me to realize like, why are you trying to control it? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, you're probably right. I shouldn't be controlling this. So when I finally let go of control, everything typically runs a little smoother.
0: Mm -hmm. That's why it's so great to have our husbands as voices of reason for us. Exactly.
1: That's what exactly. Yeah. Great voice of reason.
0: Oh, so good. Oh my gosh, Lex, this has been so good. Oh, so many, so many good topics. I could keep talking to you for hours. I think you know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I Um, love talking. It's been great.
0: Oh, it's so good. I have a couple little rapid fire questions I asked you last time. So I would love to have you answer them again really quick if you don't mind. Sure. So the first one is, well, we already talked about you, you not necessarily being the cook in the family, but what is your current favorite thing to cook?
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I love I just so many things, but like, yeah, like you said, I don't really love to cook, which is funny. One thing I I might, Be considered baking, but I love making bread, which is definitely baking. So Mm -hmm. I might shift it to baking. My favorite thing Mm -hmm. to bake is probably bread, and then I mean, if you can't tell, my Instagram can't stop baking. So I just love to make cookies and cookie cake and brownies and pies and all that. I just love working with dough; like I just think it's Mm -hmm. so cool. Um, So that doesn't answer the question about cooking at all. But (laughs) I don't really think I have a favorite thing to cook right now. I think I just solely like baking.
0: I think that counts. Totally. <laughs> okay, cool. I've gotten into um, baking sourdough kind of during this whole quarantine. Uh, yes. It's been something that I'd always wanted to do and I never really made the time. And it is so therapeutic working oh, with the I dough, it.
1: kneading it. It's so good. It's so awesome. I, lo- I bread, bread blows my mind to see how I can just go from like flour, water, salt, whatever, to this beautiful magical loaf. It's just, it's so cool to me.
0: It is. It's so, so cool. So then what is your current favorite thing to order or
1: eat if you're able to go to a restaurant? (laughs) Um, Probably, I would say... Well, I always love. We have a local place. I might be the same place as I said last time. Um, we have a local place called Burger Batch, and it's one of our favorite places to get burgers. And I just like love going there and getting like it's just like so fresh. They make all their sauces, all their beef is like grass fed, and mm-hmm. it's just and they like hand cut their fries, and it's just really good quality. And it's super good. And we haven't been back since they've been open, so we need to go. Um, but as far as what's my favorite thing to eat, probably <laughs> anything. That's my favorite thing to eat at home right now is like literally any. Anything that's on it. Actually I was going to say anything that's on bread, but actually I might say my favorite thing to eat right now might be oatmeal bakes. Cause I have just been like semi just in love with them. I just can't mm-hmm. stop eating them.
0: <laughs> and you have so many different varieties I so on many many your flavors. Instagram. I've, we've tried one and my kids go back and forth on oatmeal. So I like oh, yeah. them, but my kids are like back and forth, but there was one that you posted recently with chocolate in it. I think I need to make that one for my
1: kids. Cause they oh never gosh. say no they to chocolate. They <laughs> like the banana bread one. Yes. Or yeah. Double t- or like, no, not banana. Well, they might like that one, but the PB and J is really great kid friendly. And the, um, I think it's banana peanut butter chocolate.
0: I think yeah. that was the one. That was the one I was thinking good. of, the banana peanut butter chocolate. I mean, yeah. they're
1: all really good. And I will say T used to eat oatmeal bake like a champ when he was little. He would eat it all the time. Now he won't touch it. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's just more for mom, right? <laughs> oh, it's all, it is all is all for me for sure. You would think <laughs> I was making it for the whole house. Tom, my husband, Thomas, doesn't like oatmeal. At least I don't think. he just like, that's just never something he would ever pick up um, or like eat for breakfast. And then T... Just it's a give or take on it, so they they are for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So, what does your beautiful balance mean to you in
1: this season? Um, I think as far as that, I would say making it through the day, feeling like I had good quality with my good quality time with my kids and my husband, got outside. And when we can because I think outside is just so healing in so many ways and so beautiful. Um and just like just really soaking up these precious moments because the kids are so little and Noah's so little and like just realizing that it just goes by so fast. Um And just kind of like so many days reminding myself to throw the to do list out there. I mean, obviously, we have to get stuff done, but just like finding that balance of like getting the the things done that need to be done that are actually important, and then otherwise, really trying to be present and soaking up our family.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I don't think it's that different than what you shared last time, which <laughs> I don't I even remember. So what I right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I think it was very much about, you know, soaking up those moments and being grateful for the moments that we have. And I think that, you know, just to kind of bring it back full circle that so much presence really does come from having that, that freedom with food and in our lives and being able to focus on our families, our husbands, our kids. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, so, and you're such, such a great example of that. I love it. Aww, thank you. So can you just share anything new you have coming up or what's in the works for Restoring Radiance or just where my listeners can find you if they don't already know?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so for new, um, we might have a couple new things in the works, but they're actually still very on the down low. So I can't share that <laughs> yet, but just... Okay. It, there might be new things. Um, but probably not for a little bit because right now we're really just trying to focus on the kids. Um, mm-hmm. but otherwise you can find me on Instagram at restoring underscore radiance, or I also have a blog restore your And actually we do are also on YouTube, but we have not done any videos in a long time, but it's called daddy O's kitchen. And, um, I think that's everything. Awesome.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I think I've said thank you like 16 times, but thank you again (laughs) for being here. I appreciate you. I always love chatting with you and I cannot wait to share this. Oh,
1: me either. Thank you so
0: much. Well, friends, this is it. It is episode 100. I cannot believe we've made it to episode 100. Oh my gosh, I'm saying it as if this is the last episode, but that is certainly not true. This is episode 100 of many, many, many episodes. I have been just Oh, my gosh, blown away by how incredible this podcast has been. Um, Really, for me personally, in my own life, it's absolutely been my favorite thing I've ever done in my business. It is such an honor. To connect with so many other incredible women, experts, sharing their own stories, their own knowledge and insight, and how much I know that it connects and resonates with so many of you as well. I wasn't sure when I first created the podcast if it was something that I wanted to do really casually, just kind of me talking, but I quickly realized that I wanted to have these conversations with people that I found so inspirational and helpful in my own life. And I knew that introducing you to this, the people that I find to be so inspirational, so educational um, and just really incredible human beings would be beneficial to you as well. So I hope you've enjoyed the ride over the past 100 episodes through all of the different guests, through some of the weird audio changes, through the changes in my intro, and there's another one that's coming up soon. (laughs) So I'm just really grateful for each and every one of you for listening, and if you have listened this far, I want to share with you that I have something really exciting coming up for you guys in honor of... The hundredth episode. I am going to be doing a hundredth episode giveaway. So I'm going to be giving away three prize packs with a handful of my favorite goodies. So there's going to be one of my favorite cookbooks in there. There's going to be a copy of the Healthy Mama Meal Planner in there, and a whole bunch of other little goodies that I just love. Just to say, say thank you for being a listener of the Healthy Balance Mama Podcast. So. To enter, the only thing you need to do is leave a review. So leave a written review. And this counts for anyone who has already left a written review. You are already in the drawing. So anyone who has left a written review, you have a chance to win one of the three prize packs. I'm going to go ahead and announce the winners on my Q&A episode on my birthday, which is July 30th. So you have from now until July 25th. To send in your written review, and I'm going to choose three just at random from those written reviews to give them away. So if you hear your name called, I'm gonna have you send me an email and I will send those prize packs to you. So thank you again, everyone, for being a listener, for sharing with your friends, for leaving a rating and review if you have. They mean the world to me and they really do help this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear this message of finding balance in the midst of all of the craziness of mom life. So thank you all for being here, for helping me make it to 100 episode, and here's to hundreds more.